Hello and welcome to the Farcom Podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, you can reach me on Twitter at Farcom Podcast or email Farcom Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, yes, in the background, that was Trini Triggs. I figure we can use all the good Natchitoches uh, juju, Natchitoches voodoo we can use here. And uh, what better uh, way to get some good Natchitoches vibes going than listen to Trini Triggs before recording an episode. I uh, want to give special thanks today to the Sippy Sports Show, which had me on last night on their YouTube channel to discuss the Southern Miss game. A real laid-back show. Those guys were very honest and super cool. I uh, love being a guest and enjoy talking to Sippy. Jay Lump, Derek, and the ghost of Howard Schnellenberger. Uh, Sippy puts out a YouTube show and does a great job talking Eagle Athletics. I have links to the show on Twitter, and you definitely owe yourself to listen, especially if you want to kind of get a feel of who the Demons will be playing this week. Just real passionate guys, love talking to them. Uh, I went on expecting uh, to talk for about five to ten minutes to them, and I'm spending an hour on his show. It was just super cool guys, and I'll tell you what. Uh, their fan base is awesome. I really, really am looking forward to the game this Saturday. I do want to give a slight correction for my appearance on that show. I misspoke and said Kobe Burrell was a transfer from Kansas. He's actually a transfer from Buffalo, but played under current Kansas head coach Leopold, which uh, I guess in my mind somehow it got mixed up. And it's totally my fault. If I would have recorded this episode or cleared it with Coach Black first, um, he would have corrected me on the spot and I would have not, never made that mistake. So I'm going to have to find a way to have Coach Black sit near me every time I record anything because um, they will definitely uh, not fly with him uh, for a mistake like that. But totally my fault, uh, but all good. And I'm sure uh, Kobe Burrell probably got a little kick out of that one. Uh, and this was probably the most re- rewarding week I've had since starting this podcast. I had a ton of feedback Recording the episodes discussing Grambling and the state of the program, I heard a lot of people uh, contacted me, had a lot of good conversations from alumni, uh, people inside and out the program, and uh, it was really amazing and cathartic. A lot of positivity. It wasn't a lot of negative uh, remarks. It was really, I'd say, 99% positive. And, you know, full disclaimer, I'm not here to spread gossip or get the inside scoop. Uh, I'm just a former Demon athlete talking NSU sports. I want people to be able to talk NSU sports to me honestly and not feel like they have to watch what they say because they think I'm going to spread it to the media or go leak the next scoop. Uh, that's not what I'm about and it's something I'm never going to do. Uh, when I talk to these guys, I talk to them honestly. And you know, and I'm mentioning this because I did have someone ask, like, do you ever talk to anyone in the program? And uh, the answer is yes. I've talked to players, coaches, fans, former players, former coaches, um, and that person was wondering if I could share some of what I hear from these people on this podcast. And that answer is a flat no. Uh, that's not what I'm here to do. Um, those talks are personal. And, you know, if those people I talk to want to go public with them, there are, you know, official mediums for them to get that, that message across. And this show is not one of them. And it's not my place to say those things. And a lot of those are, you know, spreading confidence. Um, I was a former coach and. Uh, some of the players in Northwestern I've coached against. So, you know, I do talk to, you know, former athletes and uh, it's always good to hear from them and I wish them well. So I just want to just put that out there. Uh, but had, again, really great feedback and discussions regarding um, this show and this podcast. And a lot of people said 
they enjoyed the style of and cadence of that Grambling episode. They thought it was a better listen uh, to do the more opinionated style of that one as opposed to analytical. So I'll try and retool the podcast and kind of keep it more relaxed and more of that style instead of breaking down statistics. And amidst all that craziness, though, our soccer team has been playing amazing. They defeated UIW one nothing, and one thing impressed them most is they absolutely dominate play. And so far, we've outshot our opponents 105-59. Uh, Coach Gore has the program on an absolute tear, and they're approaching probably the best five-year stretch we've had in a long time. And not only the history of this program, but any Demon Athletic squad, and they're approaching uh, the track record of the great baseball team of the late 90s, early 2000s, and the Demon Track Dynasty of the same era. And it's really rare you get to have programs at that level for that long. But, you know, what we're witnessing right now with soccer is amazing. And, you know, hats off to Coach Gore and all the Lady Demons out there. They are absolutely tearing it up. So definitely make it out to that soccer complex if you can. Uh, volleyball closed out their non-conference, tilted at 4-3 and three with a win over Jackson. They'll open up their season tomorrow at Southeastern, which will be Thursday. Of course, a lot of you are listening to this on Thursday, uh, but that'll be really fun to see how volleyball goes. And, you know, I'm, again, impressed with volleyball. When I started Northwestern, uh, the volleyball program was really struggling and uh, really even struggled to win a single game. And to see them having success and being competitive, it's really cool to see. Uh, coming up next is my thoughts on the Demons' trip to Southern Miss. But first, a really quick word from our sponsor. Definite questions exist for the Demons heading into the Southern Miss game. Uh, the main one is the direction of the program, and I don't believe anyone from the coaching staff to the players, our fans are happy with that current trajectory. Uh, everyone I've talked to, same opinion, is we need to get better. Uh, you know, no need to beat around the bush. Where we want to be as a program, uh, we're not there. We want to have winning records, we're not there. We want to be competitive in the Southern Conference. We're not there. We want to be a national contender for the playoffs and hopefully an FCS title. Not even on the radar right now. So no need to hide about that. The coaches aren't stupid. They know this. Something I said on my last show that garnered some criticism was our remark that Brad Laird is a great coach. And I'm going to stand by that statement. I'd like to explain that for just a moment. As others have pointed out and very rightfully questioned, how can I consider Coach Laird to be a great coach when his record at Northwestern is 12 wins and 30 losses? And that's a very valid point. I consider him to be a great coach based on his knowledge. He knows X's and O's, and I've seen him personally coach when he was a defensive coordinator for the Demons. You know, the talent he showed out there as a coach, the knowledge and the way he broke down practices for the guys he was coaching, it was really impressive. And... You know, I've seen good coaches come and go, and he's one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, when he was out there explaining stuff, even though I, who's a track and cross-country person, you know, I felt like I could go out there and possibly play after just listening to him explain things to the guys on the team. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. However, as the head coach of the Demons, uh, his tenure so far has been mediocre at best. And I believe he would admit this, and as an experienced coach, he understands the business. There's, again, no need to beat around the bush. He knows it. He's brought in here to turn the program around. He's brought in here to get us to be a contender and win conference titles and get to the playoffs and be a contender. It hasn't happened. You know, Coach Laird is a smart guy. He knows what's, you know, he knows the writing's on the wall. He understands that. 
And it reminds me a lot of Coach Sam Goodwin. In 1997, Northwestern State started 2-3 and three with wins over a bad Nichols team, a bad Henderson State team, lost 27-9 to Southern in a game that wasn't that close, lost 17-7 to UO Monroe team that, again, was not very good. Then we headed out to McNeese, a game I went to, my first Northwestern road trip, and watched us get blasted 50-7 to McNeese in a game that was a hell of a lot worse than what we mentioned, what we witnessed in Shreveport this past weekend. In Shreveport this past weekend, beginning of the game, it looked like we were going to blow Grambling off the field. In the second half against Grambling, it looked like we might make a little comeback and try and make it close. That McNeese game, that 50-7 to loss, we looked like we didn't belong on the same field with McNeese. It was an absolute slaughter. And then, as now, questions were being asked about the state of the program. People were wondering, is Coach Goodwin the right guy to make it? If you would have stopped Coach Goodwin's career right there and not look at what happened after that game, his tenure at Northwestern State would have been considered a massive failure. He was brought in, like Coach Laird, to make us competitive in conference. He was brought in to win conference titles to get us to the playoffs and be a national title contender. After that McNeese game, didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen. By all measures, his tenure to that point was an absolute failure. And to make it worse, we had just been humiliated by our arch rivals and shown that we didn't even belong on the same field as them. However, whatever happened, The coaches looked inward, looked at what they were doing, made some adjustments. Whatever they did, it clicked, and the Demons went on to finish the season 8-4. and Undefeated the rest of the way during the regular season, dropped to Eastern Washington in the playoffs. Won a share at a conference title. And then, of course, that set off a magical playoff run the next year in 1998, which saw us go to the semifinals, losing to eventual champion UMass. It happens. You know, good coaches sometimes struggle, and then that magic happens. You look at Nick Saban. He's a guy that's going to go down as arguably the greatest college football coach in history. Yet, when he went to the NFL, absolutely struggled in Miami. Does that make him a bad coach? No. Nick Saban's a great coach. But as coach of the Dolphins, he wasn't great. It happens. Happened with Coach Goodwin. It's happening with Coach Laird right now. I consider them all good coaches. Great coaches even. They, I know their knowledge. Coach Goodwin was able to turn it around. And he became one of the most beloved people in Northwestern State athletic history. He's absolutely loved by people. Anytime he comes to Northwestern, the reception he gets is really heartwarming. Nick Saban turned his disappointment in Miami to making Alabama possibly the most dominant dynasty in the history of college football. For Coach Laird, how will his career end up? I don't know. No one knows that. But the book is still being written. And that's something we have to understand. It's not over yet. So there's no time to give up on the players. No time to give up on the coaches. It's time for us to get together and support this team. The coaches had their first Demon Huddle today. And I recommend listening if you are a Demon fan. 
Uh, Coach Laird mentioned that there was a lot of introspection during the week. Mentioned they really looked inward at things they were doing. Questioned you know, what they were doing. Made adjustments. Uh, mentioned they felt the team was improving. And the thing I liked about it is he didn't do coach speak. He even said, because they asked, you know, Patrick Netherton, who does such a great job with broadcasts for Northwestern, asked them the state of the team after that Grambling game. And Coach Larratt was honest and said, yeah, the first two days are pretty rough. And I like that honesty. It shows that, hey, look, we're not trying to hide anything. We're not trying to act like everything's peachy. No, we're struggling right now. But we're getting better. We're working hard. Uh, the highlighted show for me was Coach Blair, uh, the offensive coordinator. He has an absolute infectious personality and energy. Uh, after listening to him talk, man, I want to go suit up and run through a wall. Uh, I tell you what, man, if you can't get up playing for Coach Blair, good Lord, man, <laughs> he, he might have a flat line because that guy is awesome. Uh, really enjoyed listening to him. If you haven't checked out the episode, uh, please listen to it. Uh, you know, all three coaches are great, but, man, Coach Blair, he uh, – it's like they picked him out of a movie somewhere and plopped him down here. It was awesome. Um, but overall, after watching the show, I feel a lot better about the program. I really do believe the coaches understand the issues that have plagued the program, and they are taking steps to address those. You know, whether it's going to click like it did with Coach Goodwin and we're going to go off on a tear, you know, that remains to be seen. But, you know, at least the coaches do understand that there are problems and they are trying to rectify those situations. And as Coach Larry said in the show, we still have the whole season in front of us. End of the day, if we can win out through conference, none of these losses will mean anything. The real season, so to speak, will be starting when we hit Lamar. You know, still time to improve. And like I said, he wants them to improve day by day. Focus on doing the right things. Focus on playing the next play, not getting down. You know, doing all those good things. And if we can do that... Like I said, we have talent on this team, and we have the potential to be a great team. And anyone that watched the Grambling or Montana game knows there were moments during those games where the Demons looked really good. Unfortunately, those moments were few and far between. But if we can put it together, you know, there is potential for us to be a really solid team come conference play. Now, Southern Miss is not going to be an easy team to rebound against. Don't let their own two record fool you. They're really talented, very well coached. Uh, so far this year, they lost in overtime to a really good Liberty team in week one, and they gave, gave Miami hell in week two. And they were within a touchdown of the Hurricanes late in the third quarter, and that's the 15th-ranked Miami Hurricanes. Both sides of their line not only hung in with the Canes, but absolutely controlled the trenches at times, which is really scary to watch. I said earlier that Montana would be the best line we face, but I'm second-guessing that statement after watching the Golden Eagles. I think Southern Miss is going to have a much better line than Montana did, and that's a scary, scary statement to make. And the thing that scares me the most about that is we're going against a very nasty defensive front, and so far the Demons have yet to establish a rushing attack. We need to figure out a way to get Scooter Adams and Kobe Burrell free. Our line is simply not getting a push. It didn't happen against Montana, which I kind of expected. But, man, that Grambling game, that scared me. Um, it's one thing not to run against Montana. That happens. Not running against Grambling, and I mean no disrespect by that, but that's cause for concern. And if we can't establish the run, uh, we're basically hanging out Miles Fallon dry. You know, 
as a quarterback, you've got to have something to keep the defense honest. You've got to keep them guessing. And when they realize, guess what, their front four can stop your rush, it's open season on your quarterback. And it happened against Montana. It happened against Grambling. And, you know, as great as it was to see Miles Fallon fight and he had that, you know, Disney movie moment when he was walking off the field kind of limping late in the game and refused to go down, um, as romantic as we try and make those moments, that is something I never want to see from our quarterback. I want to see him walk off the field in a uniform that has not been touched, that doesn't even need to be washed again. You know, I want to see him protected. Uh, Southern Miss, defensively, they're going to run multiple sets at you. They throw a ton of formations, a constant movement. Uh, one thing their coaches do, and it's really uh, just something to see, is they just multiple fronts, multiple packages, and they just keep switching it up and switching it up, try and confuse you, try and get you out of a rhythm. And, you know, I really love the way they do it. It's it's uh, old school, multiple front thing. It's, it's really fun to watch. Uh, a lot of old school uh, football with the way they play and um, definitely going to take a great effort from the Demons. But... We need to make sure, again, that we figure this out because Miles Fallon is going to struggle if teams start figuring out. And this is not just Southern Miss, but you go into McNeese, you go into UIW, you go into Lamar. If they know we can't establish a run, then they're going to pressure us all year long. And Miles Fallon, you know, it's going to start taking a toll if we can't protect him better. We're going to have to get the ball out quickly, have to make good reads. If we have slow development plays, it's going to be a really long night for us. So we've got to make sure we are sharp, we're crisp, we're not taking long to make reads. And, you know, if your mouth's fouling, look, if there's no one open, don't stay in the pocket waiting for something to happen. Get your butt out of there, roll out, throw the ball away, and live to see another day. Uh, don't play hero ball. If it's not there, be okay with going three and out. Be okay with throwing the ball away. Um, offensively, Southern Miss, they're going to try, they're still trying to find their footing. And they're going to be starting freshman Zach Wilkie. Uh, I thought he was impressive against Miami, 16-27 for 207 yards. That's a really stout Miami defense. A lot of good recruits on there. A lot of good athletes. <clears throat> Rewatching that Grambling game, our defensive game plan is not the problem. Our defensive coaches called a really good game. And I know you look at the score, 41-7 at halftime and wonder, um, what am I smoking? Uh, no, nothing. If you go rewatch that game film, our defensive coaches – Called a heck of a game against Grambling. Uh, the problem was the play call should have worked. Our players simply did not execute. And I'm not trying to throw people under the bus, but we made some horrible reads, played very undisciplined play. You know, instead of reading the gaps, waiting to see where the running back was going, then attacking it, we just shot in a lot of times, and their running backs just saw us and went, oh, there's an open hole. And they, I mean, you can't do that. You got to play discipline. And if we don't play discipline, the Eagles can easily, easily hang 70 on us. We've got to play the way we're capable. You know, if you watch that Montana game that first half, if we had to play like that defensively against Grambling, we probably win by 20 points. If we can play like that against Southern Miss, I'm not saying we'll stop them, but I believe we can be competitive against Southern Miss and maybe even pull that upset. Uh, Wilkie will be making his first start. And as such, I think we need to dial up the pressure on him. Um, they don't throw the ball a lot. They haven't thrown the ball a lot. But anytime he goes back to pass, we've got to make sure he hits the turf. 
They have some very physical receivers named, led by Jason Brownlee. Again, their numbers aren't eye-popping. I think they've thrown 14 passes in the first two games alone, so they don't throw the ball much. But I have a feeling they're not going to be content throwing the ball that little. I think against us they may try and open up the playbook a bit. Again, make no mistake, the Eagles are a very primary rushing team. They run a lot. A lot of, from what I can tell, look like a lot of zone runs, a lot of read options. And again, we've got to be disciplined. If we play with again did against Montana, we'll be okay. We play like we did against Grambling, and it'll be another forty to seven game at halftime. I expect to see a large dose of their running back Frank Gore, and I just want to say that Frank Gore is like the best name for a running back. Uh, if he's not in the NFL, I'm gonna be disappointed because uh, when I play Madden, if Frank Gore's in that game, I'm putting him on my team just for his name. Um, expect the Eagles to try and exert their will against our offensive line. Uh, expect them to try and punch us in the mouth. They're going to try and do the whole Mike Tyson thing, you know. Everyone has a plan until he gets punched in the mouth, and Southern Miss is going to test us early on that. My three keys for the game for the Demons. Uh, number one, we have to establish the run. I've said it already. If we can't establish the run, our whole offense is just, uh, it's going to be hard to get moving. And that's not only against Southern Miss. Uh, number two, play discipline football. No extracurricular stuff. Read your keys, and that's discipline on both sides. You know, read your keys, stay at home, don't be a hero, take what the opponent gives you, and do the next play. That's all. You get sacked on first down, don't panic on second. Just get what they take. If all you can get is a yard on second down, take that yard. On defense, you know, you give up a 40 yard bomb, don't try and be a hero and make an interception and give up another 40-yard bomb in the next series. Play the next play. Don't worry about the score. Be disciplined. Number three, have some pride. And that speaks more to the extracurricular stuff. Don't have late hits. Don't do stupid blocks. Don't take away good runs because of stupidity. We had so many great plays by Miles Fallon in our offense only to get wiped off. That can't happen. Have some pride. Look, we're all hurting. No one's hurting, however, as much as the players and as much as the coaches. We all know it. But there's a lot of pride here. Have some. Look at that logo on the side of your helmet. Look at that demon logo. Go walk through the field house. Look at the great teams. Look at the pictures of old teams from the past. See who you're representing. Walk around campus. Realize that everything you see all those people you see walking around campus, that's who you're representing. Go out there, have some pride. And to any players listening, and I know that there are a few, I promise to God, if you play with pride and you make sure your teammates are playing with pride, you're going to accomplish some great things. We've all been there. So, you know, to Demon players listening, trust me, we all have your back. And there's a lot to be proud of. I'm going to end this episode with a quote from Conan O'Brien. It's from a speech he did at Dartmouth, and uh, it's a commencement address, and I don't listen to commencement addresses for fun. In fact, I find most of them to be kind of boring. But if you haven't heard it, uh, type in Conan O'Brien Dartmouth commitment, commencement address. It's a really good speech. If you're especially ever having a down day, it's a really, really positive, uplifting speech. Uh, very humorous, as Conan O'Brien usually is, but... I'd like to end the episode with this quote. It is our failure to become our perceived ideal that ultimately defines us and makes us unique. It's not easy, 
But if you accept your misfortune and handle it right, your perceived failure can become a catalyst for profound reinvention. Fear the demons? Yes. We have not reached our ideal. But if you take the setbacks we've had so far, handle it right, then these setbacks are going to make us a better team and a better program going forward. Uh, going forward, I'm going to be releasing the preview episodes on Thursday instead of Wednesday uh, with the Demon Huddle and the Sideline Talk podcast also releasing on Wednesday. I just think that's just kind of a lot of content coming out in one day. And that's not a bad thing, trust me. Um, I think it speaks to the volume of the passion Northwestern fans have for our program that we have, you know, Demon Huddle Show, a podcast from KNWD, this podcast, uh, some other info coming out. So by no means is this a bad thing. I'm, it's excellent to hear from me. If you haven't listened to the Sideline Talk podcast, go to KNWD's website, look them up on Twitter, KNWD Sports, uh, Colin Vidros. Uh, they do such a great job. That podcast is awesome to listen to. Demon Huddle, you know, that's NSUDemons.com available. Highly recommend it. But again, that's a lot of content. And I think releasing a, that much content in one day, uh, it's probably counterintuitive. So um, since I am not an official Northwestern person, they are, you know, they have schedules to keep. Uh, they've got interviews to keep. I understand that. Uh, so I will let them have the Wednesdays. I will move this show uh, instead of Monday, Wednesday, I'll now do it on Monday and Thursday. Anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week. Let's beat the Eagles. Uh, let's support our demons. As always, Forkham Demons.